الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين وصلي اللهم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. We begin by praising Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, seeking His divine aid, seeking His assistance. Whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal guides, none can misguide, and whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal misguides, none can guide. I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah Azza wa Jal alone without any partner and I testify that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his final prophet and messenger. Today inshaAllah we look at the explanation of Suratul Baqarah wahiya Suratun Madaniyah and it is a Madani Surah and we mentioned one way we can identify the Madani Surah from the Makkan is that the Madani Suwar it speaks about the Ahkam it speaks about the rules and regulations of Ibadat and Al-Mu'amalat interactions and it mentions the Hudud it mentions the legal penalties for yani, crimes which is committed this is one way we can identify the Madani Suwar so Allah Azza wa Jal commences بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون الصلاة ومما رزقناهم ينفقون وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُوقِنُونَ أُولَئِكَ عَلَى هُدًى مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ طيب so Allah Azza wa Jalla commences this surah with three letters Alif, La, Mim and there are many other places in the Quran where Allah Azza wa Jal opens and commences the suwar with these letters. So these letters are called Huruful Muqatta'ah. They are known as Al Huruful Muqatta'ah and be translated as groups of letters. So, what is the meaning of these letters? Many Mufassirin have speculated with regards to the meaning of these letters. But the reality, as Sheikh Abdul Rahman mentions, he says the safest opinion and the safest yani, approach with regards to these letters is as-sukut and it-ta'arrud li-ma'na. Is that we do not speak about its meanings without an authentic proof. So many scholars have spoken about the meanings of these letters, however majority of the proof is weak. And our approach should be to rather remain silent about it. But we also need to believe that Allah Azza wa Jal did not reveal it without a meaning and without a purpose. Rather, there is a purpose behind it, but Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. So this we can apply to all other huruful muqatta, such as Hamim, such as Alif Lam Ra such as Taha and all other huruful muqatta'a which is mentioned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
Allah Azze ve Celle insiz. Zalikal kitab. That yani zalika is translated as that in the Arabic language and al-kitab is the book. So the Arabs they use zalika and hada interchangeable interchangeably and for this reason we translate it as this book because zalika means that and hada means this. So hada al-kitab al-azim this is a great book which in reality is a book and this book it includes and it is inclusive of the things which no other books which came before this book such as the Torah and the Injil and the Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa and the Zabur contained the Quran contains the knowledge which the previous books did not contain it, in, it includes the knowledge of the previous books but it also brings additional knowledge and this knowledge is Hakkul Mubin. It is clear, manifest truth. Allah says, La Raybafi. Dalikal Kitabu La Raybafi. That this is the book wherein there is no doubt. There is no doubt and there is no the contradictions in it from any angle. From any angle. Whether it be in terms of how it relates to us the concept of who Allah Azza wa is. Or whether it relates to the stories of the prophets of the past. Or tales of certain nations who have came before us. Or whether it relates to the ahkam, the rulings contained in this book. There is no shak in it. There is no doubt and no contradiction in it from any angle. And negation of doubt from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It necessitates affirming its opposite. So since this is not a book of doubt, it means that this is a book of certainty. It is a book of al-yaqeen. And so this book, it comprises of sure knowledge, which removes doubt and suspicion. Which removes doubt and suspicion. And this is a very, very beneficial principle to mention, that when something is negated, if we just solely negate something, this is not praiseworthy. For example, if I say that brother Noor is not stingy. This simply means he is not stingy. But depending on how I express myself, we would be able to understand what is meant. So if I say brother Noor is not stingy, this means that we also affirm the opposite. That brother Noor is one who likes to spend and he is generous. If we say, for example, Fulan, Laysa bi jahilin, that yani, such and such an individual is not an ignorant person, it means that we also establish and affirm that the person is knowledgeable or he has some knowledge of this particular affair. So simply negating something is not praiseworthy, and in the context of the Quran, when something is negated for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or his book, or his messenger, it also means that we affirm its opposite. Because only then does this become praiseworthy. So, since guidance cannot be attained except by conviction, Allah Azza wa Jal 
tells us that this book is a book of conviction. Allah says, it is a guidance it is a guidance for the muttaqin but here Allah Azzawajal firstly mentions huda a guidance whereby the person attains safety and guidance from misguidance and doubts and by way of this guidance they traverse the beneficial pathways by way of attaining the guidance contained in the Quran, they traverse the beneficial pathways. So Ya Allah Azza mentioned Hudan, and this is our first reflection over this part of the verse. Allah Azza did not link Huda to something specific. Allah did not say Huda lid-deen or Huda lid-dunya. Allah did not mention this is the guidance for our religion or a guidance for our worldly lives but Allah Azza wa Jal He left it general He left it general that guidance is left general in this verse which means it encompasses all forms of guidance yani for all things which is in the interest of the Abd in dunya and akhirah so it guides the one who follows it in matters which is considered to be usul, which is matters of yani religion, such as aqidah, such as ibadah, such as akhlaq, such as spirituality, and it also guides him with regards to yani matters which is considered to be far'i, matters which is considered to be, so to say, secondary, matters which relate to the worldly lives. And this guidance, it clarifies truth from falsehood and that which is correct from incorrect. And it also clarifies to them the path they need to traverse and the beneficial ways for them in this life and the next. وَقَالَ فِي مَوْدِئٍ And Allah Azza wa did say in another place nas, The verse which relates to the revelation of the Qur'an. That the Quran is a guidance for all of mankind. And there Allah left it general. But in this specific instance, He mentioned Why? Since the Muttaqeen are the ones who truly benefit from this book. And they are the ones who truly become guided by this book. They are the ones who truly benefit from this book. And they are the ones who truly become guided by this book. Because many people can acknowledge the truth contained in the Qur'an and they say that this is the divine book of Allah but they don't benefit from that guidance. So it is a guidance for all of mankind but specifically a guidance for the muttaqeen. Shaykh Abdul Rahman mentions وَأَمَّا الْمُتَّقُونَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا وَأَتَوْا بِسَبَبِ الْأَكْبَرِ لِحُصُولِ الْهِدَايَةِ وَهُمُ التَّقْوَى الَّتِي حَقِيقَتُهَا as for those who truly benefit from this book and from the guidance contained in it, it is the muttaqun. And they benefit and derive guidance based upon their taqwa. And taqwa, the reality of taqwa is اتخاذ ما يقيا سخط الله وعذابي بامتثال أوامري واجتنابي نواه. 
And taqwa, a simple definition which Sheikh Abdul Rahman gives us of taqwa, it is to take that which protects you from the punishment of Allah, to take a barrier between yourself and the punishment of Allah Azza wa And this is not something which is just believed or something which is simply claimed, but rather there is thamarat of taqwa. There is true outcomes of taqwa and this is shown by adhering to the commandments and abstaining from the prohibitions. So we are in the month of Ramadan and if we want to test our level of taqwa with Allah, our level of fear and mindfulness of Allah Azza see how eager you are to execute the commandments and how eager you are to abstain from the prohibitions. And when you determine this, you will know your level of taqwa with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so they are the ones who are guided by the Qur'an and they are the ones who take tremendous benefit from the Qur'an. Allah Azza wa Jal says in another verse, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu in tattakullaha yaja'al lakum furqana. Allah says, Oh, you who believe. If you have the taqwa of Allah, as we have defined previously, yaja'al lakum furqana. Allah Azza wa Jal will make for you a furqan. He will grant you a criterion. And this is based upon your fear and your awareness of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal will guide you divinely. He will give you a criterion whereby to judge between yani, halal and haram. He will guide your heart at certain times because of your taqwa. So Allah Azza wa Jal said huda and hidayah. There is two types of hidayah. There is hidayah to bayan and hidayah to tawfiq. Hidayah to bayan means the clarification of guidance. So the Quran is a clarification of guidance. It is a book of guidance. And this is clear. Somebody, for example, can remind you of some form of guidance. This is Hidayatul Bayan. And each and every single individual possesses this ability to show you the path, to remind you of the path, to enlighten you about the path. And then the second form of Hidayah is Hidayatul Tawfiq. And this is the divine guidance. And when these two forms of guidance come together, the person is considered to be truly guided. And hidayah to tawfiq only occurs by the will and the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah azza wa jal divinely wills to guide this individual after the proofs has been made clear to him. So muttaqun, the people of taqwa, they have attained both forms of guidance. And other than them, have not attained the guidance of tawfiq. The divine guidance. So, Hidayatul Bayan, the clarification of guidance, without the guidance of Tawfiq, the divine guidance of Allah Azza wa Jal, towards actions and deeds, is not true guidance in reality. <coughs> Thereafter, Allah Azza wa Jal, He described the Muttaqeen. He described to us who the Muttaqun are, what are their beliefs. What are their actions? What are the internal states? What is their internal actions? What is the external actions? And he mentioned, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ There are those who believe in the unseen. That this is their first wasf. That this is their first description. 
there are those who believe in the unseen. And the reality of Iman it is التام, it is to have complete affirmation of that which the messengers informed us about. And this يعني, affirmation it also includes submission by way of one's limbs. If a person simply affirmed what the messengers came with but he didn't conform to it then this is not true Iman. Rather affirmation and يعني, uh, bringing one's actions in accordance with that faith this is true Iman. And the reality of Iman is not يعني, having faith in things which we can witness by way of the sense. Meaning seeing is believing. If I see it I believe it. And if I don't see it I won't believe it. For if this was the case then there is nothing which distinguishes the Muslim from the Kafir. And the true reality of Iman in the unseen is that we believe in that which we cannot see and we cannot witness. And the only reason we believe in this is based upon the Quran Khabarun min Allah or Khabar min Rasul. It is based upon yani, information which has come to us via Allah Azza in the Quran or by way of his messenger وسلم, in the Sunnah. And <coughs> this is the type of Iman which distinguishes the Muslim from the non-Muslim. Since simply having affirmation and affirming that Allah exists and he deserves the right to be worshipped and believing in his messenger and believing in everything which he came with if one did not bring one's actions in conformity with this then it does not benefit the person so through Iman it is affirming it is affirming that Allah truly has the right to be worshipped and his messenger Muhammad is the final messenger and we affirm in each and every single thing which has in which we have been informed of by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by his messenger whether we witness it or we don't witness it whether we understand and comprehend it or we have not been guided towards comprehending it and understanding it in opposition to the Zanadiqa Al-Mukadhibin, in opposition to the heretics and those who have belied Allah Azawajal and His Messenger. By denying matters of the unseen based upon the premise that they cannot comprehend it and understand the true reality of it. So they have placed the intellects before that of the revealed text and they have denied certain matters of the unseen which is clearly and authentically established and the reasoning for this is the intellects could not comprehend it comprehend it they have rejected that which their minds could not encompass and so their minds and the intellect is corrupted and Allah Azza has purified the intellects of the believers those who are truthful and they became guided by the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions 
the second characteristic of the believers and they establish they establish the prayer and yet Allah did not say that they perform the prayer or they simply يعني, go through the various positions of the prayer but Allah used a specific word they establish the prayer and this means that they execute the prayer not just in the physical form, they go through the motions and the actions of ruku and sujood. But rather, they establish the prayer. They establish it upon the apparent, in the manner the Prophet command him to do it. Sallu kama if you see me praying. And when they execute the prayer, they execute it with all of its arkan, all of its pillars, meaning qiyam. It is a pillar of the prayer. So when they stand, they truly stand as they were commanded. That when they recite the Fatiha, they recite the Fatiha in a proper manner. Because this is a pillar of Salah. The one who does not recite the Fatiha, he changes the huruf of the Fatiha and he does not make nutq. He does not articulate the words of Al-Fatiha as it ought to be articulated. Then this person's Salah is rejected because it is a pillar of the prayer. They also come with all the obligatory actions of a salah, just like they fulfill all of its preconditions, such as wudu, such as satrul aura, covering the aura, such as having a sincere intention for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and facing the qibla, etc. etc. And they also establish the prayer internally. And this is by way of establishing the prayer with spirit and an attentive heart. And they contemplate what they are reciting and the actions which they are engaging in. And this is the type of salah which Allah Azza wa Jal has guaranteed will be a protection for the one who establishes prayer in this manner. Where Allah said, That salah, it has the ability to cause a person to abstain from al-fahsha. To cause a person to abstain from obscenities, and this means zina and fornication, wal munkar, and evil deeds. Yani, major sins as well as minor sins. So this is a very, very powerful point that Sheikh Abdul Rahman is mentioning here. And this shows us that sound tarbiyah of our kids, it leads to positive outcomes. The Prophet said, Command your kids to pray at the age of 7 and beat them at the age of 10. And this shows us the importance of this ibadah. So today we are living in very, very challenging times. There is lots of fitan, lots of trials, lots of fasad. And we want to preserve and safeguard our kids from this fitna and fasad. How do we achieve this? Don't go here. Don't go there. Do this. Do that. This is something which is beyond our abilities. But if we give them the tools to navigate through life, they will inshallah achieve yani safety from what we want them to be safe from. We don't want kids who fornicate. We don't want kids who have kids before they are married. We don't want kids who indulge in drugs, etc. etc. Ya Allah Azza wa tells us 
that salah, when it is established as it ought to be established, it prevents the one who does it in this manner from fahsha, from zina, and munkar. And this is the type of salah wherein the person gains a reward. For there is no reward for the abd in his prayer except according to what he comprehends of the prayer. According to how mindful he is of his prayer, this is what he will achieve in his prayer. And what enters into salah, it means both the faraid and the nawafil. It refers to both the fard and the nafil prayer. Allah Azza wa Jal then says, وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And of that which we have sustained them with, they spend. And of that which we have sustained them with, they spend. So firstly, Allah Azza wa Jal has brought together two words here. It is min, mim, kasra, noon, and sukun, and ma. And then Allah Azza wa Jal assimilated it to become mimma, the noon is omitted. And this min over here is for tab'id. It shows, yani, portionality, or a portion of. Taib. So Allah Azza wa Jal did not say they spend everything, but Allah Azza wa Jal said, wa mimma, and part of what we sustain them with, they spend. And this shows us that Allah Azza wa Jal does not expect us to spend all of our wealth in his way. But if you are of the people of Ahlul Zakat, if you are the people whom Zakat is due upon, you must give 2.5% of your of your annual earnings for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the conditions of Zakat, of course. So Allah Azawajal is not expecting us to spend all of our money in his way, but rather a portion of it. Secondly, Allah Azawajal said, وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ And of that which we have sustained them with. And this shows us that the risk is not biyadi al-abd. The risk is not in the hand of the servant. We make effort, but Allah Azawajal is the one who sustains. And this is according to Allah Azawajal's pre-decree. That Allah Azawajal, He, he enriches whomsoever He wills. And he makes poor whomsoever he wills. And this is due to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rizq is not in our hands. The outcome of it. And the example we give is two individuals who have the same, yani they have the same ability. And they have the same means, same means to achieve wealth. For example, they both have degrees. They both have a BSc in engineering. But the one becomes successful and the other one does not. So what is this due to? This is due to the will and the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal that Allah has allocated a certain amount of sustenance for person A and a certain amount of sustenance for person B. The matter does not lie in our hands. Then Allah Azza wa Jal said, Yunfikun, they spend. And this is inclusive of the obligatory type of spending and that is zakat and nafaqa, nafaqaing of yani, your wives and your kids. And whoever is under yani, your responsibility as well as this includes النفقات المستحبة The yani, recommended type of spending and the various forms of goodness and the various types of goodness. 
So Allah says, razaqnahum yunfikun." And of what we have sustained and provided for them, they spend. And in many places in the book of Allah, Allah Azza wa Jal gathers between salah and zakah. Allah Azza wa Jal He gathers between salah and zakah in the Quran, because salah it includes sincerity to the object of worship. Salah shows your sincerity to Allah. And zakah, it shows your ihsan, it shows your kindness and your excellence towards the servants of Allah. And the means of attaining happiness in this world and the next, it is based upon showing sincerity towards the Creator. And secondly, striving to benefit others. Just like the means which lead to disgrace and humility. Disgrace and yani, um, being corrupted is the lack of these two matters. The lack of sincerity and the lack of showing ihsan to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are some of the attributes which Allah Azza wa Jalla has mentioned with regards to the muttaqoon. And we pray that Allah Azza wa Jalla grants us the ability to practice upon this Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen, to contemplate the meanings which we have covered today and to put it into practice. More importantly, Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen. Naktafi bihada. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha ila anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala. وبركاته